Blog Talk Radio. Too much because people don't know who I am. But 
that really is the name of the series whenever I'm talking about, about these 300 friends. So tonight, we are going to be, uh, again, honoring friends of mine over the years. I'm combing throughout my lifespan and uh, just calling out people that was the most influential. Again, my brothers and sisters in my family are probably going to be the most influential, but I'm not calling them out because I'm going to do a special little song for them or with them. Maybe they'll come on and we all come on. But obviously, if you're with somebody every day, they're going to influence you more than anybody else. So my brothers and sisters and mother and father, for sure my mother and father, take top seat. When I say my mother and father, I'm talking about my stepdad, uh, the late Billy Rhymes and my, my mother, Irene Rhymes. They really, really, really loved the father and made sure we was in church and taught us best they could. So I was most influenced by them. But later on, some of you, I came, we crossed paths, and a lot of you I just had fun with. You didn't really important to me spiritually. We just had a lot of fun, and some of you I choose to be with probably over some of those other people that inspired me the most, if you want, if you can believe that. But some people I just had so much fun with over the years, so this is not really a show, though, to bring those people up. So if you don't hear your name, don't get discouraged, brothers and sisters. Probably y'all know me. I'm just... Like I say so often, I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. But no, really, I'm trying to on Facebook Live before I leave this earth, and I promise you I ain't sick. Nothing is wrong with me. But I just figured I'm going to tell my story. For a second, tell this story. I'm not going to leave this earth without people knowing who I was, what I was mostly about. Now, we have enemies that come to steal our dreams and aspirations, true. But i be darned if I'm going to let the enemy silence me, especially when we have something, a vehicle like Facebook Live, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Believers, it is, as Christ said, the harvest is great, but the labor is a few. And there is a lot of labor that needs to be done. A lot of our young people are so lost. I'm not trying to say because they're young. They're lost. A lot of old people are lost, too. Even in some areas, I'm lost. I ain't going to make it like I got all the truth. And I, Yeah, there's some things I don't know and I can learn a little bit more about. Yeah. There's some things that I could learn more about. And in those areas, I consider myself somewhat lost. True. But I'll tell you one thing. I have run to some people that I just wonder. They just don't have a clue, man. There's people that don't believe in the Father. There's people that don't believe in uh that we're spirits and that these bodies are temporary and that one day we're going to, that every day we're getting closer to that appointment. They don't live like they really believe that there is a life after this. And I don't know it all. I don't have it together, but i tell you one thing I do. I know that. <laughs> I know that there is a God, a higher power. And I know, I know that I know that I know that I know deep inside my knower, I know that there is other life outside of our life on this earth. There's other spirits. We share this earth. I shouldn't say share because they're here illegally. But uh, there are such things, brothers and sisters, as spirits without bodies. It is influencing everyday things that are happening around us. We are in the middle of a spiritual warfare. That's what life is. Life is while we enjoy, supposedly, we're supposed to be walking with the Father, like Adam in the cool of the day. 
Yes, we are always supposed to continue to walk with the Father in the cool of the day, just like our forefather Adam did and Eve did. The walk is not supposed to cease. We're supposed to continue to walk with the Father. But while we do so, there are enemies on this earth, just like what Eve found in the garden. So Brother Seth is not ignorant of that. But I'm ignorant of a lot of things. So I want to take this opportunity to just say again, welcome to my Facebook Live. I just want to just sit down, relax, and then relax, and then relax even more. And just talk about some things the Father has done to me and for me that I'm thankful for. And I just want to share with you. Just as simple. Now, coming off as know-it-all or I got it all together, any of that, I just want to tell of his goodness. Because the Bible says the goodness of the Father leadeth the soul to repentance. And even though I've repented in terms of giving my life over to the Father and trying to live for him, there are areas of my life where I haven't repented, I don't think, enough. Repentance means to turn around, do it God's way. And I would like to think, yeah, I'm doing everything God's way. Yeah, but that's not true. You sound like you're rebellious. I probably sound like some of you, which means we have a relation with the Father, and we want Him to be Lord of every area of our life, but we struggle We struggle because if the saints did not struggle, we would have turned this world upside down. Obviously, a lot of us are struggling. We're throwing my hand up first. But that don't mean we don't have a testimony. That don't mean we're supposed to be silent. That don't mean we should go somewhere and kind of step in the background. No, like I told y'all before on my Facebook Live, I take a backseat to nobody and neither should you, because I know he has done things in your life. I know he has done things in your life. Yes, he has. And we got to tell it. He commanded us to tell it. I'm not a preacher. I ain't been called to preach. Oh, I don't know the Bible that well. It don't have nothing to do with how much you know about the Bible. You know he did that thing for you. You know he delivered you. I'm not trying to put no condemnation over nobody. Who am I? Who am I? I don't have it like that. I'm just saying as for Brother Seth, I just want to take this opportunity to, number one, thank you for tuning to the Facebook, my Facebook Live, but to also know that tonight and with my Facebook Live, I am going to point, point you Towards Jerusalem <laughs> Or towards the Most High That's work You know So I just want to point Our hearts and minds Towards the Most High Yahweh right? he, he is so good to humanity And he has done so much To bring us close to him And I just thank him for the greatest gift He ever gave to mankind and that was the gift of his son coming to this earth. And I'm not trying to just be all super spiritual, super spooky, and I'm like, y'all, I don't have it like that. This is me. This is 
this is me being as down to earth and humble and not trying to put nobody else down, not trying to be over anybody. This is just me on my Facebook Live telling telling you of his goodness. So, again, welcome. I want to just remind everybody that's listening on uh, the uh, Blog Talk Radio, if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to press 1 on the phone lines. If you're calling the phone lines, that is, and you have a question or comment for me, I will try my best to keep an eye on the, on the uh, Blog Talk page and we'll bring you on. Everybody can hear your questions. So on my Facebook Live tonight, again, you can ask questions live where everybody can hear you by simply dialing the number 914-205-5590. One more time. The number right in front of you it should be on my show description there. But uh, it's 914-205-5590. And we'll be able to bring you on. You can ask a question, make a comment. Um, I want to just remind everybody to follow up. Actually, let me do something. Haven't done this in a while. Let me just go ahead and just just play a little something, something I prepared to just talk about uh, 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 how we do things over here at the Five Some Stone Network. Again, uh, where we uh, tonight we're broadcasting on uh, Blog Talk Radio and Facebook Live. But I just want everybody to know how we do things on the uh, blog talk radio feed so you know how to uh, engage us, okay? So I just want to just play a little song. It's been a while since I've done this, so just just enjoy this little short audio I'll, I'll prepare for everybody, and uh, we'll be back here shortly. Just a little short little something, and uh, we'll be right back. Once you've commented, because you may want to come back on again and comment. And then you just simply press one. 
Also, I want to remind everybody that we have a 500 shows with hundreds of topics, with uh, different guests from all walks of life, all different ethnic groups. We have people that travel the world, very intelligent people, very educated on our show. And, and more importantly, uh, a lot of God-centered people, a lot of people led by that Ruach Confidential, that Holy Spirit, are sharing on our network. So Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. That's the fastest way to get to us. Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio, and you'll be able to enjoy over 500 episodes on various topics uh, at your leisure. Lastly, we want to remind everybody to follow the show. Follow the show. Please follow us. It gives us a bigger presence on the net. Plus, you benefit by getting a reminder sent to you anytime we do shows. Uh, we get these little reminders sent with all types of details of what's going on on the next show sent to you. And enjoy the rest of the show, and thank you for tuning in to the Five Star Network. Shalom. <laughs> I want to thank all of you for tuning in to my Facebook Live tonight and in the future. Again, I am Brother Seth, the creator of the Five Smooth Stone Network. Five Smooth Stone Network is nothing more than a network created in 2011 by myself and my wife. We did the first, Arlene and I must have did the first um, three or four shows, and then I did a lot of shows on my own probably for the next two years. I had guests every once in a while, and then about... Two years after that, I started bringing on more people, and so I talked about who the guests are. I won't do that tonight, but I do thank them for their contribution to the Five Swim Song Network. So that's why I say we, uh, But uh, and if y'all want to hear those early broadcasts, all you got to do is simply Google Five Swim Song Blog Talk Radio, and that first result is going to be us, and then just it's 21 pages. Just go to page 21. That's going to be the first show with Arlene and I. And our very first show, we talked about righteousness, righteousness. And um, let me talk a little bit about that tonight, perhaps. I don't know, y'all. Just I like to keep this is kind of open. But we're going to talk about uh, righteousness, how that the Father came, how the Father, excuse me, uh, uh, sent the Son to come to the earth to make us righteous. It's not something you can do or work for. It took me a long time, and some of y'all still don't understand that gift that the Father gave to us. But we are righteous. It's a gift. You can't work for it. If you work for it, it's a paycheck. We are justified. We are redeemed. We're salvaged by grace. It's a gift. We are as righteous as the Most High Himself in spirit. Our flesh, those of us that are born again, I'm talking about, our flesh is a completely different story. It's not born again. It craves this world. Whatever you did before you was born again, you still have those cravings in your body. But if the Father wants to identify us based upon the spirit, what business is it? Is it of yours to try to say, oh, no, I'm going to try to live live it out. I'm going to try to live it out. Like, oh, I know you gave it to me, but I'm going to, I refuse. I'm going to try to, no, no, no. Accept the free gift. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And that gift that he gave us at the same time, when we were born again, when we believed that the report that Christ had to teach, which was called the gospel, once we believed what Christ said, how he, what he came, and, and who is the Father, all the things that Christ taught. Once we believe 
in Christ. The Bible says you can't even do that unless the Father give you strength and to give you the ability to believe that. And once he do that, that's your first miracle, really. Not your first miracle on the earth, but that's your first miracle towards being salvaged and saved. It's a gift. The Bible says for you to believe that Christ came and he lived, or for you to believe the gospel, the good news that he preached about, that right there is a gift. The Bible says it says if it's not something you can work for. So the Bible says no man comes to the Father unless he draws him. So when he draws you and he gives you the ability to believe, you heard the gospel. That's why I pay to keep listening to people talking about Christ because you eventually, those of you that don't believe, eventually you're going to get that gift to believe. And once you get that gift to believe, the Bible says, and many of you know this, I'm not teaching you all nothing. I've got other things to talk about, but again, Every show I say, I say this in some way. But the Bible says once he gives you that gift to believe and you believe in Christ, at that point your faith, of course you have to confess him with your mouth, as the Bible says. You have to confess Christ with your mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead. Like I said, all the things that Christ taught, you have to believe in your heart. That God sent him. You have to believe Christ's account of the Father. You believe that he rose again. Once you believe that, we call it the gospel. Matthew talks about it. Mark talks about it. Luke talks about it. John talks about it. Once you believe that, it's not just any old belief, brothers and sisters. Once you believe that the Bible says that is counted to you as righteousness, not you going to church giving, doing what's right, abstaining from this, abstaining from that, fasting, praying, not all of that, none of that does nothing for you to make you what I'm talking about. This righteousness that he made us is a gift. Arlene and I nailed that down pretty good on our very first show because we was running to these so-called Hebrew Israelites, folks that believe that black people are the people of the Bible, and they are. African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. We believe that African Americans are the true Jews, one of the lost tribes of the Bible. We believe that. But we was running to a lot of them that was trying to work for their salvation or believe that uh, keep we're under the law or these people were, were believing that you can be justified by how you keep the Sabbath or how you keep the feast days. And that is not the case. No, you're not justified by those works. You should have them, though. But you're not justified. The Father does not honor any of that as far as it bringing you into His presence. It's, it's making you uh, holy enough and acceptable enough to be in His presence. He does require us to live like that, though, but not for the sake of being righteousness. Not for the. Not, let me say it this way: the Father requires us to live a holy life. That's what you call living a holy life when you abstain yourself. And you abstain from worldliness He requires that But not to make you eligible enough To go before him You have to live like that Because He's a holy God And he doesn't want us Lying, cheating, stealing, hating So we're required to live like that Because of how holy we are In the spirit 
Because when we was born again in the spirit, we was made so holy, we're supposed to live like that with our bodies. But our bodies are not saved because one minute we'll get control of that and then it'll crave some evil. Then we get control of that and then it'll crave some evil. So your body is not saved, can't be saved, will never be saved. So what we have to do is just, with our spirit, man, war with this body until we're given new bodies. The Bible says that will happen when Christ returns and, you know, when we're resurrected, we, we receive new bodies. That's what the Bible says. Do you believe in the Bible or not? Do you believe in there, there is a God? Do you believe His Word is true? Folks, you either believe or you don't. You know, do you believe that the, that the dead live again? The Bible says we do. The Bible says we're not even who you look in the mirror. What you see, that's not you. It says we're spirits. So anyway, the Father decided to uh, make us righteous, and that's what I talked about on the very first show. So tonight, what's going on, Brother Seth? Well, I just want to get that out of the way. I don't know what took me on that road, but I just want to uh, 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 talk a little bit about signs, wonders, and miracles. Showing up things. If I can explain it, I'm not talking about it. It's got to be, when I say a sign or wonder and a miracle, or powerful word I got, it's going to be something I can't explain. It's going to be something I don't understand. Somebody told me something, and it was against my reasoning. It may have sound crazy, and it proved to be not just right, but profoundly right. Some of it was scary right. Some of the things I've heard made almost hair stand up on my neck. Some of it, not all of it. And then I saw showing up miracles. I talk a lot about healing, healing, healing. That's how the Father used me. But no, there are all kinds of miracles around us, brothers and sisters. There are some things that if I didn't be careful, just talking to you would scare you right there in your house or wherever you hear me at. Just me saying it. The Father is real. And I don't want to leave this earth without talking about what he has done for me. Or I could even say for my family, that was a show enough miracle. And he used many of you. Don't be surprised if I call your name out. And uh, again, don't be surprised <laughs> if brother said, call your name out, because I'm looking over my life, and I'm looking at when I was real wee-wee little, like elementary. I'm looking at when I was in high school, middle school, grade school, I'm, I'm, I'm college, after college, as an adult. Just I'm just looking over my life, and I'm just sitting here. Now, yes, I have two papers, and uh, this one is, uh, is in... Uh, is sorted by year. This one is sorted by the year. 60 years, over 60 years. Well, over, of course, I don't know, one or two, I don't have it on here, but this is over over 50 years, this paper, by the year, every year up until 2023. This one is different. This is where I just just sit down and just took out a pen and wrote down 300, or I'm getting close to 300 names. And I mean a little bit of everybody's on here. Some people just gave me a quick word, and it might have been as small as five five words. 
but it came at a time that I needed it, and it lifts me up. Don't think five words can't be amazing either, by the way. Some people gave me encouragement, but they was inspired. Let me give you an example. And I say friends. Now, some of these people I was friends, but I really know them. Uh, I may have met them, and you call a person like that my friend, which means, what's your name? I give you my name, you give me your name. We're friends. That's that's not long-term friends. That's a very short friendship. So some of these was given by people I really didn't know, no, but uh, they, uh, we exchanged names and we got to talking, such as such as this person. This person's name is T.L. Osborne. Now, T.L. Osborne, if you Google, so y'all on the Internet right now, if you Google T.L. Osborne, and I'm only meant, I, I said this earlier, on my Facebook Live, I'm going to mention these so-called, in our world, big name or popular people because that's who some of y'all know. Y'all not going to know my uncles or cousins or something. So I may not mention them, but I will mention them, but I may not mention them right away, but I will mention them because they deserve to be a part of 300, but just for to get people to listen so as to, 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 to let people see just how God really is in my life because some of y'all, that's how y'all equate miracles. If you got to meet such and such, such and such, that's how y'all think. And it's a shame you think that way, but I want to be relevant. If that's what you need, I have that. But I also have a, the most meaningful things that were done or the most meaningful things I experienced were by people that was not rich or not popular or may, did not have a lot of power. I know money, fame, and power is the three gods of America, the real gods of America. So, no, they didn't have money. A lot of them, not real money, and they didn't have fame. Not real fame, and they didn't have power, real power. But they changed my life, and I'm going to pay homage to them if I do nothing else. So over the next, I don't know how many months, or how many weeks or months or this may take, but I'm going to honor these 300 friends, okay? So... And some of y'all have already called your names out, so only you're going to hear your names, you're going to have to go back to the start of Facebook Live. Because I have no telling what name pop up, I'll just think of somebody and just say it. So, play a little music in the background. I'm going to get started here off with T.L. Austin. So, I was at a convention. Young man, probably around 1980. Uh, Probably 85. And uh, there was a man by the name of T.L. Austin that had just ministered. Now, this man said that God can heal you. No, he said he can't heal you without you having faith. Did y'all hear that? The man said, T.L. Austin said, and just in case y'all want to know who T.L. Austin is, T.L. Austin's evangelist, they say this man has won more people to Christ since Christ himself. Why? Because T.L. Austin just happened to be a white gentleman. That doesn't really matter, but I'm just letting y'all know it is just in case you're Googling and you're thinking, I'm, you know, just so you know. But T.L. Austin and his wife Daisy Austin was known all over the world just kind of like a Billy Graham. 
but they wasn't in the states. That's why you didn't, you don't know about them. Well, he would minister to sometimes a uh, hundred thousand people nightly. Turn it down a little bit. Now this man would preach, and he was known because of the miracles at these services. He had a saying, and I adopted his saying when I when I minister. He says, if I'm preaching and you get a miracle or a healing or something miraculous, interrupt me. Stand up and do it. <laughs> and I like that. He said, because that's God moving too. So he made the comment that you have to have faith for God to heal you. And I disagree with him. So I called him. I was able to find him and call him. And I want you to listen to what this man told me. I said, Brother Austin, I told y'all a little bit of this, but I didn't tell you the final thing he said. So that's why I'm bringing it up again. I'm trying to repeat on my Facebook Live. So Dr. Austin said, uh, I said, hi. Exchange name. Let me know, you know. And I said, you preached a message uh, tonight. It was either that night or the night before. And I said, uh, I'm having trouble understanding what you're saying because I have been, back then, I was more zealous than I am now. God is still, the Most High still does works and miracles in my life even to this very moment. Yes, He does. I'm talking about things even to this day, but not like He used to. And like I told y'all, when you get to be older and you take on families and you take on friendships. Back then, I was younger, probably had, you know, I was innocent, didn't know about the government, didn't know about racism, didn't know about women, wasn't married before, and lots of things I just didn't know, brothers and sisters, and I was naive, and so I didn't, I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of unforgiveness and bitterness and rebellion and sin, just sin. You get to be older, you have a lot to to, to gain and lose, you have a. It, it's not just all bad. It's a lot of blessings. It's a lot of things I couldn't even enjoy because I wasn't mature enough. But there was also a lot of things that I was found myself responsible for. And if I don't do right by them, it's sin. So I don't have the miracles as I used to. But I, I just don't worry. Don't worry, brother. Set on the rebound. Cause the Most High is in me, just like He's in you. So anyway, brothers and sisters. I said, Brother Osmond, I disagree with you. I prayed for people, and a lot of them got healed instantly. And I know a few people that, honestly, they believe in God. So I know they didn't believe. How was they able to get healed? He said these words. Now, you got to know who this man is for him to tell you this. If Dr. Osmond, T.L. Osmond, say this to anybody that are aware of who he is, it, it is very encouraging coming from such a, Powerful man that has touched the earth like he has. Again, they say, I'm not saying that. They say this man that won more people to Christ since Christ himself because he ministered to hundreds of thousands of people every single day for many years. That's what they say. So, here we go. So, I, he says to me, Seth, hold on. Y'all just bear with me one second here. I'm 
I'm trying to make sure. Just one second. Don't go nowhere, anybody. I just got to adjust my lens here. Just give me a second. like this, the kind of knowledge you're getting, you don't need to, con- you don't need to, con- uh, uh, what I'm looking for, confer with me, he say, I, I took my wife and we went to the other side of the world on just the voice of God, you don't need to confer with me, he say, you're doing what I'm doing. I've just been at it longer than you. Now, I know some of my brothers and sisters that happen to be a so-called black might say, oh, there you go, kissing the white man's butt. But, y'all, that was very encouraging coming from someone that they say have won more people to Christ, won as many people to that's one of the most people to Christ in our generation. What they say, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say all that. But he have won a lot of people. Ten, ten to a hundred thousand people every single day. So, I just want to just say that that is the kinds of things that I've experienced over the years. Powerful people, either powerful people like that, are strangers that I didn't know anything about, didn't know who they were, saying something similar, encouraging words like that, or strangers doing encouraging things. Let me give you another example. Some of y'all, I can just hear you. I I got this thing. I can hear some of y'all in the spirit. And I know some of y'all saying, eh, but it's touching, brothers and sisters. T.L.R.S. actually told me those exact words. And it, was, it wasn't that he told me that. you got to understand who your brother is. I, I, I have suffered from rejection from the church. Rejection from the church for my message and my style. Especially in Kojic. No disrespect to everybody in Church of God in Christ. But Kojic, Church of God in Christ, this denomination, which is over 100 million people, I think it it was the last count, something like that. I could be off. But this is where I was called to preach, and this is where I I began my ministry. And I have all but been rejected by some ministries that embraced me, 
like Holy Tabernacle Church of Christ. Well, I talked so much about Calvary, and it was a long time ago. Because what Brother Seth is preaching these days, coming against racism, which I feel a calling to talk about. That's why when you turn into my show, you're going to hear it so often. I feel a calling to talk about racism. It's the biggest thing in America. It's the number one. We, we are always all race conscious. And you think the Father don't have nothing to say about that? All of the pain and all of the privilege, one people privilege, one people pain, and you think the Father don't have nothing to say about that? You really think so? That's why I do what I do. And the Father's given me what I believe five smooth stones to bring down that giant of racism in America. That's my calling. If you're going to roll with me, you're going to be hearing about race a lot. But I promise you, you're safe at this five smooth stones. Whatever, whoever guests I bring on, and uh, eventually this, this screen will go to two screens, three screens as we bring on the guests, I mean the co-hosts, and even guests from time to time. Right now it's just me. This Facebook Live I'm experimenting with, but the Five Sons on Network, we normally have more than just Brother Seth. I don't normally do all this talking, but I want some of you that's new, that's new to looking at me. You've heard me, but I want you to see and feel my heart. See what I'm about. I'm about love. Tell you that right now. Don't waste your time listening to over, over the 600 episodes. I'm telling you right now. If it ain't love, miss me with it. I love all people. And I do not believe that we are so-called black and so-called white. I only say it so you know who I'm talking about. And I only talk about the whole Israelite things because we know who those people are. I can't say what a Jebusite or a Philistine, I, I don't know those people. The only reason why I'm able to know this ancient people called Israel is because of prophecies that were going to be upon them. And we live out those prophecies. Otherwise, I couldn't even say we're Israelites. I would just be saying we're, we're, we're new creatures in Christ. I would be calling uh, believers or Christians brothers and sisters, and that would be it. No black, no white, no African American. I would be fighting against all that. But I know that I'm an Israelite. But even though I'm an Israelite, I'm still commanded to walk in that new identity. So I only talk about the whole Israelite question, which is fleshly, which the Bible says Christ comes to get us out of. So I'm not trying to encourage people to just hang around and stay in the flesh. I just think we need to know about it so we will understand why we were brought to America in the first place because it was prophesied we would be brought and scattered from Israel to the four corners. The Bible says that God told the Israelites, I'm going to scatter you to a land that neither you nor your foreparents know. Nobody lived in the, in the Americas, north and south and central. Nobody lived over here. And I believe vast majority of people that was that are here, especially those bartering ships, are those Israelites. Love the so-called Jewish people. Yes, I do. Love them. I ain't playing with it. So don't don't confuse me with those Hebrew Israelites on YouTube spewing hate. There's millions of people that believe African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. They have nothing to do with them. People in New York and all these so-called new Hebrew Israelites spewing hate. 
saying we're justified by the law. Talking about keeping some laws that neither they can't keep nor their foreparents, according to the Apostle Paul, and which is the, or more better, according to the Scripture. So, miss me with a lot of the teachings. I love them, those my brothers and sisters, but miss me with their teaching. No, I believe in loving all people, but I do believe we're Israelites. We'll never understand America and why we're here until we first acknowledge who we are. Once we understand who we are and we look at the prophecies, what's supposed to happen to us, and we look at America, then we understand what this place is. We understand the people that rule over us was called for a season to rule over us, those in power. I said those in power. I said those in power. Once we understand who we are, we understand who they are. And there's not all this worship of of white might from non-white people fearing whites because we understand the Father was behind them for a season to afflict us because of our rebellion. So white people, ain't no need a lot of you feeling the guilt, the so-called white man's burden. No, especially you that don't have no power. This ain't about you at all. But those in power, those whites, you don't need you feeling it the, the so-called guilt because you didn't do that to us. You was used by the most high to do to enslave this people. Yes, it was. I know people hate slavery and all that, but the Bible says certain things would happen to Israel they disobeyed, and one of them they would put in slave ships. A lot of y'all black people don't like that. You feel like I'm justified saying it was okay. I'm not saying it was okay. God, the most high, did not want his people treated like that. But he said, if you disobey, this is what's going to happen to you. And when they begin to disobey, the Bible says over five times God sold his people to their enemies. Sale don't mean you, you just, it's just a little business to exchange and you work for them for a little while. No, sale means you become those people's property. And the Father, the Most High, sold his people to their enemies. Sold his people. To their enemies. I know five times it's over five times in the Bible, and the Father sold Israel to their oppressors or to their enemies. So America is an enemy to the so called African American. Yes, they are. The place, the land, the whole experience. This is people the Father called to rule over us. Yes, He did for a season. But I believe the season is up, and I think that the Father's no longer behind the people that rule over us. Now there's a changing of the guard, and that's why a lot of a lot of hatred is, is breaking forth now because these people are now rising, and they should. But if they rise without God, that's going to be a problem because God said He's not going to allow these people. I'm talking about African Americans. And other Israelites, really all over the world, but I am in America. I can't speak for the the uh, Israelites in uh, South Africa, Israelites in West Africa, and the Australian Israelites, and, and the Israelites in China. I can't speak for everybody scattered. I'm just talking about those in America. You know why the Father said they would not be able to rise? He will not let them rise because his, they are always praising God with their mouth. African Americans are always so spiritual. No matter what they go through, and first I used to think it's because they were slaves. No, it's not true. A lot of people are slaves and they're not spiritual like we are. We're Israelites. It's in our DNA to worship God. And so, if we get a lot of money and wealth, and we don't get God, 
and we're out there acting up like a lot of these people are doing these rappers and stuff. They're thanking God and they're doing stupid stuff. They got all these naked videos and all this crazy stuff they're doing and they're thanking God. They're getting up, getting awards, and I want to praise God. And when you do that, the Bible says, here's a, here's, here's a phrase that's dangerous. Probably the most dangerous thing I'll say tonight. The Bible says, you profane his name. I don't know why the Father goes off on people that do that. But when you profane his name, that's major. It'd be better you not put Christian bumper stickers on your car. It better you not wear JJ J. What would Jesus do? Bracelet. Don't put his name. Don't mention him if you act a fool. Because there are people that are innocently watching you, and especially if you jerk, jerking all this stuff, they really think you know God. And when you act like that, you're painting him a bad picture. Those people, those people, will suffer in this lifetime. Do not profane his name. Father gave me a revelation that years ago, and it scared the crap out of me. I started taking my, even though I don't act a fool, I don't put Christian bumper stickers. I'm very careful with talking about God in certain places when I know I'm I'm mad or something. You know, so I know that's a shame. Probably should never take take off a Christian bumper sticker or something, but you got to be careful that you don't profane his name, Israel. I'm talking to Israelites because other people probably can do that because their nation is not calling on God like we call on God. We're always talking about God, always going to church. And there's other ethnic groups that look at us and they kind of fear us secretly because of that. So if we do that and we're not living right, we call his name, Especially if we rise to fame or power. One of the three gods in America, money, fame, power. You get that? And you're not living right? You're causing nations to go the wrong way because they don't follow us. We're the most mocked people, mimicked people on the earth. I know a lot of whites are too. But it's some African Americans. Why? Let's talk about that. I didn't mean to get too much into a teaching thing. I want to talk about friends. But this is good. Hit it a little bit more and we're going to bring up some friends, some of you. Well, I'll just let that go for now. Do not profane his name, brothers and sisters. And even if you're not a so-called African-American, if you're going to be acting a fool, do not mention his name. Because you never know who are watching you. And some of us are so powerful. Even me coming on here sharing the things I'm sharing, I have to be careful. When I start talking about the power of God in my life, some of you are going to hear, wait, he is serious. That was a miracle. When you hear that, you start thinking, I'm, you start holding me in a place, and I'm not trying to say keep me down here. Because I really do have have a testimony. He is real in my life. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. My flesh and its cravings or whatever it has been successful in getting me to do does not dictate who I am 
and what the Father has done in my spirit are with me, the real me. So I'm not going to play a little for nobody. I'm a, I am all that through him. Believe that. Yes, I am all that. And you best be careful what you say and think about me. And guess what? I had better be careful on what I say and think about myself and what I think about you. God is real. God is real. His word is real. He's powerful. You may not understand it. I understand He's very powerful. He's very... I mean, after all, if you could understand it, you wouldn't be God. I want to share something that happened. Uh, there was a sister. I'm not going to mention the name. And uh, when we first came to Texas, my wife was working at a place called the Sarah Center downtown Cincinnati. She made real good. She actually made a little bit more than I made. And I worked for the airlines, Continental Airlines. We had a nice little setup in Cincinnati. Um, they actually built a place uh, where we stayed. We was the only one stayed there. Then as we moved, we let somebody else have it. And after they tore it down, that's a big park in uh, downtown Cincinnati. What a nice place. Wasn't elaborate. No, it wasn't. But it was nice. In fact, it was a brand new building, and then once we moved, they tore it, they tore it down and built up a parking garage. It should give you some idea. But anyway, we had decent furniture. Wasn't nothing to be ashamed of, especially when you first walk in. We had this nice, uh, was given us as a gift, ivory, uh, humongous, uh, all of my, I have this one friend, he said when he come in, that's the first thing he would always notice. Listen, and it was a nice gift to us by one of the ladies at the Sarah Center, Charlene, because he was always trying to be nice to her. Make the long story short, when I moved, when we decided to move to Texas in 2008, we left it all. There was a family meeting. They had about five kids, and we said, you can have our place. Not just have our place, but we uh, was able to give them, I mean, a lot of stuff. We're talking about beds, dishes, talking about a lot of stuff, y'all. We came to Texas pretty much. Arlene them flew. You can't get on no plane. You know, no briefcase. I drove. But all in them flew if my memory serves me right. Now, we did go back and get a few things, but we left a lot. So when we came here, I remember uh, Arlene saying, you know, we're going to step out on faith. I'm trying to show you signs, wonders, and miracles, brothers and sisters. The Most High is real. So when we came here, Arlene left a good job, and it was just on my salary. And that was in, like, July. In November, I got laid off. I I got I got bought out. Carnell off the office offered us a package. It, just, it was nothing compared to our lifestyle and stuff, but it was 
God. So when I apply for unemployment because I have qualified, they base my unemployment off a of time when uh, Continental gave us a bonus. I think the year before we had got a bonus. And I don't know why unemployment just look at your salary for a certain amount of time. And, and that's how they gauge what your unemployment is. Well, they looked at the time I got the bonus. So it made me look like I made more than what I did. So I got the maximum unemployment. So at one point we had got this money from the gut from, from Continental that paid us. And then my wife was able to, and then we had this unemployment. Now, my wife didn't know this. Well, we had, okay, let me just, let me just keep going. So think about it, brothers and sisters. We got money in the bank, and we have a salary given. It's small. Unemployment is just only a fraction. But later on, Arlene would be able to get the same amount of unemployment, which is the most anybody can get for unemployment. You made millions of dollars, you only can get this amount. If you made $10,000 a month, you only get this amount. So you just it's, it's only one amount. So we was able to get that. When we was able to get that, and the fact that we weren't working, Obama, this is the time he kept extending unemployment. I want y'all listen to me. So there was a time we had more money in the bank than we ever had. We didn't have to work because we had this unemployment coming in. And so reverse is just rushing out to try to look for a job. Arlene and I decided we're going to really take our time and really think about what we're doing and so we would just do like the unemployment required. She'd do the little minimum thing. And we was trying to open up, just do something really, like we would think about opening up a Christian nightclub, a Christian club where people can go and worship the Father. We are just thinking all kinds of things to do. Okay? But my point in, in telling y'all this is, who would have thought that all of would give up a job and come to Texas and not neither one of us be working, and we have more money than now. Watch what's about to happen. We went for almost we went almost a year, no job, unemployment, and this money. I want y'all to listen. Somebody told us when I first came to Texas, Carolyn. Here go some of those friends I'm going to be naming. Carolyn, and I won't mention people's names. For, for, for just for their Everybody don't like me calling their names So I'm just going to say first names Carolyn, a good friend of ours Let me know when I first came to Texas Because I came first I came like a month before Arlene and To get everything set up I heard this girl tell me a long time ago There's a girl moving And she's moving to Washington And she's trying to sell her stuff But you know how that sounds I don't want somebody else's stuff so I never paid it no mind. And plus, uh, 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 Arlene didn't get unemployment when she first came because she felt like she didn't qualify for it. But uh, a friend of ours, another friend of ours, was letting us know, Brother Gary, a.k.a. Brother Ellisure, he was letting us know, no, Arlene does qualify for unemployment. And so for a while there, it was just me getting unemployment, but... The fast, to speed the story up, because i got other stories just like this I want to share. Arlene qualified and was able to get some, some of the back pay 
that she was qualified for all along. So, make the long story short, when I came to Texas, had we to listen to Brother Gary, Arlene could have got an employment right away. She ended up getting it. And, of course, we got the little seven from Connell, so we was kind of, we was okay. But I'm just saying that we could have had even more of a blessing if we'd have listened to that brother. But finally, I took Carolyn upon her friend, and I went and talked to her. She said, well, yes, it is true. I'm moving to Washington, D.C., and I've been praying about what to do with my furniture. And she said, the father told me, don't you charge anybody. Whatever they give you, you accept it and be grateful. Y'all have got to see what she was giving away. Some of y'all actually showed y'all. You've seen my, my place before, like when I was on video or something. Very nice stuff. Washer and dryer. Pit set, very big, nice leather pit set, dishes, ironing board, um, I guess I should say a pit, <laughs> whatever they call those couches that go around, but nice black leather furniture, lamps, anything and everything, her place filled up our place, and when we told her what we was offering, y'all, listen. We kept saying, listen, we're trying to do some stuff, and this is what we have. This lady gave, she, I don't even want to tell y'all the amount, because it was so ridiculously low. You would say, you get, y'all, we didn't take advantage of her. We just say, this is what we have, and she said, that's perfect. And we was able to get, uh, put it like this, the wash and dry alone was over $1,000, I know. Y'all, we're talking about peanuts. Pennies compared to what that woman paid for all of that. That pits had had to be in a good $600. Nice. Really nice quality stuff. Nothing run down, used. All kinds of stuff. Used, but I mean, good, good. Just like what we gave the people in Cincinnati. And I just thank the Father for it. I don't know nobody. I've never heard of anybody giving away their whole house. Like what we did to the to the family in Cincinnati and what this lady did for us. So the father's good, I want to testify, and I won't share her name. Um, again, everybody don't want me to mention their name, so I'll have to be careful that thinking people are proud of me saying their name. Some people just embarrassed. They just It's not a matter of it's not true. It's just that people just don't, a lot of them don't feel like they're all that right now, and I'm talking about some great thing they did of God, and they don't feel worthy. So I'll just mention first names of some people. So these are two things. So far I mentioned Dr. Osborne and the, the, the sister that was able to give away a lot of things. I want to mention some other people. I know last week I mentioned, and I didn't get a chance to finish, uh, a gift uh, not a gift, but a word that was given to me by a good friend by the name of Rosalind. And I wanted to go ahead and, and revisit that. Um, you know, some of these people are not my Facebook friends. Some of them are my Facebook friends. So just know that. Um, 
Just know that everybody's not necessarily my Facebook friends. So those are just trying to investigate, but I don't have nothing to hide. Some of them are. So let me just go ahead and, and, and share a few more things that was just life changing that Rosalyn did. So what Rosalyn was able to do, like I said, uh, for those of you who listened last week, I met this person that was I was carpooling. I would have never met her in any other circumstance other than this. But I was I was uh, a car carpooling with her, and uh, she said to me, um, we started getting on talking about um, church some kind of way. God, the Most High, used me to help that girl get back in relationship with the Father, get into a closer relationship with the Father. She'll tell you this day, thank you, Seth. She'll tell you. But what the Father did to me through her is just amazing. So what I want to do at this time, I, I have a, uh, I have some names I want to just kind of give y'all. Dr. Ben, uh, well, let me just go ahead uh I want to, um, while I'm looking at these names, I want to just again uh, hope, a wish, and hope everybody had a, a blessed feast day. Those of you that celebrate the feast of uh, trumpets or Rosh Hashanah, uh, again, our, 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 our people are returning back to their roots. And uh, uh, some of you may be celebrating that, that feast day where. Uh, if you did, I hope you had a blessed time. I just don't want to forget that because feast days is major. As our people return back to their ancient ways, uh, for the, the ways of our foreparents. We're trying to uh, keep the feast days, honor the feast days, but not to be justified like trying to keep the law because we're not justified by the law. Uh, but we do. It's nothing wrong with trying to honor the Sabbath on Saturday. But I'm not so dogmatic to where I say you got to go to church on Saturday. No, I don't believe that. I think I think you worship every day. It's a different time now. Christ has come, and the Father's placed us in Christ. And now we're to offer our bodies every day to Him, not just on Saturday. Now we're to watch our diet. Now we're supposed to reduce. We're offer, to offer ourselves to Him a living sacrifice every day. So things have changed as far as how we. Keep those laws in the Old Testament now. So I'm not under. We're not under law anymore. For instance, we're not justified by laws. We're justified by the blood of Christ and our faith. But some of us are trying to keep the feast days because our foreparents kept the feast days. Jewish feast days is something that belongs to the African American and other lost tribes. So some of us are trying to keep feast of uh, of uh, uh, tabernacles. Rosh Hashanah. Some of us are trying to keep uh, the Day of Atonement. Uh, the, the Israelis call it Yom Kippur. It's not in the Bible. Even Rosh Hashanah is not in the Bible. So they kind of they kind of create these all these little names, but you just got to stick with the book, okay? But anyway, I want to wish you. Hopefully, you had a blessed uh, Rosh Hashanah or Feast uh, uh, of Trumpets yesterday. Hopefully, you got, you got a chance to. And I may even play our shofar here a little bit. Just to kind of wrap up, because today was the last day at sundown. 
But uh, I just wanted to uh, just let y'all hear and talk about some of these people that was brought across my path that uh, just changed my life, y'all. And uh, a lot of people was not saying Jesus, and they weren't saying a lot of the names we used to hear. Um, my God, but they changed my life. They changed my life, and I just want to talk about some of these names as we talk about other people, uh, uh, some of the other contributions as well. So I think it's probably best I just pull from my mind because I know by the time I find all these people, I could have probably named 20, 30, or 40 of them. So so this is what happened. And I know I've already talked about this person and this uh, the bookstore and everything, but I just want y'all to see the magnitude of the blessing. It's huge. I was going to churches where um, you we wasn't taught to say black, white. And I know that the Father wants us to walk by the Spirit and call each other brothers and sisters, and forget this whole black and white thing. I know that's what he wants, but that is not what's happening in America. Okay, yes, he wants us to where we just only see the spirit. True. I don't think the Father wants us to forget history, though. I think we're supposed to know who we are as a people. Like Paul says, I am a Hebrew. Of Hebrews, but I count all of this nothing compared to who I am in Christ. That's how you do it. You say I am a, but make sure you don't say black and white. Black and white is made up. It, that's that ain't real. It's not even real. It's white so-called white people or so-called black people. It's a that's a made-up construct. That's not even real. It'd be more better you say you was a. A descendant of a Philistine, a descendant of a something in the Bible, something God said. So, if you're going to be talking about something, let me just meet this. I see that. So, make the long story short, brothers and sisters. There were people like Noble Jurali, Five Percenters. A lot of these people, when they taught, you felt a hatred for whites. The way I was taught is the ball game is over right there. Stop. That's it. Goodbye. I want to see you again. But God showed me that's not how you do that. Just because somebody is in error over here in their beliefs, that that would be like saying, just because white people don't like us, that would be like saying, just because white people don't like us, they can't teach us at the universities. That would be like saying, just because white people don't like us, they can't be a good president. 
which I do think they would be a better person if they liked us. But just because somebody might not like something, it don't mean their whole brain shut down. Although, you know, <laughs> no, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people that don't like white people because they do see more than a lot of Christians see. I think if they see things the way God sees, they will love white people. I think when you don't know nothing, like a baby, you love everybody. And as you learn things, you start to not like people. And as you learn who's running your world, you really learn to not like people. But then as you learn what the, the way the fathers see things, you go back to almost like a baby state. You love everybody again because you recognize somebody's child. They just got a hold of some wrong doctrine, wrong information. I know what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters. So, when I listen to the noble Drew Ali's, when I listen to Elijah Muhammad, when I listen to Farrakhan, God put me in their presence. Because they had other truth that was real. And they're just upset at what powerful people are doing to their people. And they're not resorting to the to what the fathers say do about it. They stop listening. They got some truth. They find out what the government is doing. They find out what they're doing in our schools. They find out what they're doing with our diet. They find out they're doing with our mind. Subconscious things they're doing with our mind. They find out what they're doing on our jobs. They just find out what they're doing in the prison system, they find out what they're really doing with the judicial system, how we're dis disenfranchised, and uh, how we're handled in all of these arenas, and they hate those in power that wear white skin. Does that mean that they don't see things correctly that has happened to us? Some of our white brothers and sisters will never, ever really have the kind of healthy relationships they should have with Americans because they don't listen to Farrakhan. And I learned this when I actually went to see Farrakhan with my own eyes and saw white people there like, this is interesting, why are they here? And they're listening, clapping. And they wasn't there like the media, they was there like I was there. Louis Farrakhan understands the plight of black people in a profound way. Louis Farrakhan does not understand, in my opinion, what to do about it. And I probably have been a little harsh to me back up because actually Farrakhan have said we need to turn to return to God. We need to obey the scriptures. But what I don't hear him say enough, enough is we need to love all people. So it's like he, you know, people are afraid to just say that. We have to love everybody. Don't mean you agree with them. You got to love them. They believe what they believe. If you had in your head what they have in their head, you would act like them. 
And some of you act like them ain't because you got what they got in their head. You just wearing black skin. So I saw listen to people like Dr. Ben Yakanan. A lot of these people was baffling to know. Again, I'm testifying how the Father Almighty came through like a rushing mighty wind and brought a people in my a person in my life that challenged the way I worship, that challenged the people I listen to. She said, Why do you listen to Kenneth Copeland? Why do you listen to Kenneth Hagin? Why do you make over these people? And she began to challenge that a lot of these people were not what I thought, that a lot of them was racist. And I defended them saying, no, they have the word, and they have it word more than a lot of our, our black churches. She said, I disagree. I said, I've been to our black churches. I know a lot of people are not teaching the word. So we had a big disagreement. So finally she, she said, okay, I'm going to go to your church, and you go to my church. So I let her go to the Believers Convention. And she was just thoroughly unimpressed. And I got her on the front row. I mean, Kenneth Copeland's wife's name is Gloria Copeland. They have a friend named Jared Savelle. All these people are millionaires. All these people are known all over the world. All these people have their own jets. And this girl, I got her a seat right beside them. And she was not impressed at all. That I needed to see. I didn't realize I was in man worship. I mean, if you to say you worship, I'd be like, no, heck no, I would say that to you. But I had them at a place where they should not have been. Did they have the word more so than my friend's church did? Yes, they really did. But that don't mean it's a better church or a better convention. Because Kenneth Copeland and them, I've come to realize that a lot of that is greed. A lot of those people operate in um, racism. And her church did not have that. They weren't greedy like that. And they weren't racist like that. So there was some things that her church brought to life. Wholesome things her church taught to where she didn't have to be so enamored by the white worshipers like I was. So the father used her to take me to downtown Dallas where I went to this black bookstore. And I went off in there almost like I was going into a Darnell voodoo shop. Because, again, I was raised. Uh, and I'm not trying to say I didn't do nothing that, that's black, you know, black, like Martin Luther King. Or, I'm not trying to say I never did nothing black so-called pro-black functions. But, I mean, these people at the Dallas Book book Fair, Dallas Bookstores, these are the kind of authors that was talking about Africa and calling it Kemet. And it was uh, uh, into the, I mean, y'all, deep teachings in Africa with regards to Africa, with regards to the Pioneer Glen, with regards to... uh, I mean, so many authors, y'all. I'm trying not to think of them because my mind is i got to get on some other stuff. But hundreds, at least a couple of hundred authors that I've never heard of. And I'm saying all this to say that some of y'all need to really think about some of these names and go and, and do your own research. 
trying to find a list here because some of y'all I had a uh, let me just tell y'all something about uh, 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 a lot of these people uh, Google Facebook social media what they're doing they're erasing a lot of stuff like I told y'all I had a Facebook live that had 2,000 views and it's gone these people don't want my voice and voices like mine that are putting out truth that are really helping people. They don't want it to go out. You would think, well, they should want you, Seth. You're preaching love. No, 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 no. It's not like that. You would think people want love. No, they don't want love. They want white supremacy. They don't like me because I'm saying you're equal to me. They're racist. And some of them know better. They know that if you go and research some of the things I'm saying, it's going to shine them up. It's going to make some of them look like their foreparents was bigots. And they're going to be doing what a lot of them are doing today, trying to erase history. So, Google erased my library. I had hundreds of black books, and I was just going to pull it up and just read from it. Google erased my Google library. Brother Seth has happened to just go and find these authors. But So, let's go in and see how much I remember. A good little test for me. So I remember reading Naeem Akbar's book on, uh, it's called Change Images of Psychological Slavery. Change Images of Psychological Slavery by Naeem Akbar, N-A-I-M-A-K-B-A-R. It was one of the first books I read once I started reading so-called black books. And it was talking about how a lot of black people just have self-hate. They don't know who they are, and so they, when you don't know who you are, you just kind of, just one minute you're into whiteness, next thing you might be into Chinese, you may be over here, over there, because you don't know who you are. You don't know your name, because our names are truly not where they got us from. We don't look like where they got us from. So we were the name of the people that once owned us, and, and I still debate and agree. I still present, rather, that we are still owned by a lot of Whites in power. And a lot of our white brothers and sisters that, that are white, when they look in the mirror, they think they're so free because, you know, they're white, but they're like us, think they're free. They're just as much as controlled as we are. White supremacists of Satan and those that believe it are his subjects and top of the food chain is those whites in power so they're controlled by Satan and it goes all the way down to us so there's no winners in white supremacy in the creation of a white race or the creation of a black race black and whites there's no winners Satan is the winner so brother Seth has made his business to since 1988 really start talking about things like this moving to Cincinnati, just always on WCVG, uh, almost daily, talking about racism, talking about 
who the true Jews are, talking about the origin of white skin, how all skin comes from dark-skinned people, and how that we're really all one. You know, on the surface, you hear me say white skin, black skin, you're thinking I'm hating. But if you listen, I'm saying that inside of black people is white people. People just don't have the dark skin. But inside of dark skin is white skin. Inside of dark eyes is all the color eyes. Inside of dark hair is all the color hair. And I goes on to teach that initially people were dark-skinned people. And white skin came as a result of a sin. But it's not that I'm hating on whites because balling of the head of these same dark-skinned people came as a result of sin. By these same dark-skinned people came women not able to bear children that came as a result of sin. Many things that happened to our bodies came as a result of sin. I don't think our eyes, blue eyes, is the original color. I think the original color was dark eyes, and when we have albinos, and that albino, when it mixed back into the dominant color, you get all these different colors. So you can actually argue, as beautiful as they are, the blue eyes, the blonde hair, all of the things we say is beautiful, you could argue that all this recessive, and the recessive look came as a result of sin. You can just say that. But it's not white people over there. We over here, it's the same people. If I present it right, like I would do on the Five Some Soul Network, I got a lot of white calls that say, I feel what you're saying. I like that. I'm going to teach that. So we're all one. But if you just get all offended because you're so used to thinking you're superior and you hear me, you may not like what I'm saying. Or if you're some black people that's suffering from self-hate, you may try to take up a white people and start badgering me. But if you listen carefully, I'm saying we're one. The reason it's going to hit certain white people a little harder is because they're so sold out for whiteness. They're so pro-white. And that's why they are comfortable. They've been taught so long that blonde hair is original and beautiful. So when you tell lies like that and you hear the truth, I'm going to sound like a devil. I'm going to sound like your worst enemy. And the Bible is too, by the way. Because you've been lied to. Instead of you getting upset with the people that lied to you, you get upset with the Most High, with His Word, of people like me. Folks, we have got to learn, we have got to learn a way to love each other. My way is attacking white supremacy. I love white people. That's somebody's child. And you're not doing them no favor, black people trying to appease them by dogging out your own kind and making the white person feel good and in the little office they're laughing at what the whites are saying or trying to be around the whites or no. You're abusing them. First step, did you just say I'm abusing them by yeah. You're abusing white people by not setting them straight. You're abusing God's creation by not rebuking it.
when you do have a relationship with white people and you're honest with them and you let them know how you feel if they offend you and they do the same for you, that's a healthy relationship. They'll die for you. And you would for them. That's what God likes. That's all I'm about. I try to put sugar, as much sugar as I can on things. Then at some point, I just got to get out the Kleenex. I can't put no more sugar on it. It's going to hurt your feelings. Because you ain't right. I told y'all. White people is 10% of the world's population. They control 90%, really 100% of the world. Well, I'm not going to say every single part of the world controlled by white. That's not true. They control a, a lot of the 90%. Let's just say that. How can 10% control this unless the, 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 the vast majority of people believe what these people are saying? They say America's number one. They say white skin is prettier. They don't have to say it, just put it on bulletin boards or billboards and just ignore most people. It's changing a little bit now. It's changed a lot. The white woman is still queen. The white male is still queen. How can they rule and get the other world to buy into it unless these folks believe it? It's a philosophy. What, what's crazy is there's some white people that know what I'm saying. Some of them partially have teach me what I'm saying to you right now. And they hate it. They hate white supremacy. They don't want nothing given to them unless they work for it. You better believe that. There's some white people that is will fight you over white supremacy. I've seen white people down there try to kill the Klan. Now what you going to do? My point is, I'm not saying you are wrong or you, you, I'm just talking to those who are having a little trouble with this. But what I'm trying to say to you is this, brothers and sisters. White skin is a recessive trait. It can never be superior to its origin, which is going to be darker skin. It's just, it's just crazy. Now, there's an element of that that, that that needs some attention. When something is rare, there is the chance that it can be more beautiful or more sought after, like diamonds. So the fact that white skin, like in Tanzania, what they're doing with albinos, I know white people are not albinos because I'm just talking about the origin of white skin. Now, eventually they were, or white skin was, I should say, and those white-skinned people mixed with dark-skinned people over the centuries. Now white-skinned have white-skinned people have dark hair, dark eyes, etc. Now they say, "Well, we're not albinos." Where it can be argued, everybody under this brown skin have that white skin. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this: we gotta understand. For those that have trouble with me talking about with the Israelites, those that have trouble with me saying anything good about Africa, the reason.
reason Brother Seth does what he do and been doing it for many years is I'm attacking the philosophy, not the people. If you hear me attacking white people, you just driving or playing around. You're not listening to me. I'm called to this. That's why I talk about it so much. Racism is the number one job in America. There's nothing strong with it in America. Everything is race-related. If you ain't talking about it, you know the church ain't going to talk about it, right? Black church is going to talk about when whites ain't around. White church is going to talk about when blacks ain't around. But you never, never hear hardly nobody talk about it all day all together. But yet you know there's a God. You know he has something to say. I am his voice. Not the voice, a voice. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Now, I have to apologize to none of y'all. He set me free. God showed me I was a white supremacist. Because I was seeking him for real, with my whole heart. And he showed me my worship was tainted. He showed me my mind was suffering. And he would later reveal to me it's almost like an umbilical cord going to my head. And that he would send people with truth to help me be a better person, a better man of God. But I couldn't hear them because something else was feeding me something that rejected what I was hearing with my ears and rejected what I was seeing with my own eyes. That cord, that umbilical cord, was downloading lies and deception from Satan. In other words, white supremacy, the doctrines of white supremacy, beauty standards, white, what was the superior countries, white countries, what's the best way to do things, the way white people do it. That's why it's so hard in my life, I've gotten so much rejection from everybody. They ain't going to love me is that they're looking at me through the eyes of the white man. And I have to sound a certain way to be a preacher, to be articulate. i got to sound what white people have put their stamp on. To be white people have put their stamp, those in power, now little poor whites that live next door, but they put their stamp on somebody hooping. They put their stamp on any black man that does not come against the empire. You can preach, you can have as many helicopters as you want, as long as you don't come against the empire. You cannot come against the empire more than I do. Not so much I, but what I believe the Father is saying in his word. I don't think the Father is no white supremacist. I don't think the, no, the Father is an American. I don't think the Bible supports Americanism, American exceptionalism, as they call it. I don't think God is somewhere American. I don't think God is somewhere pro-developed countries and against third world countries. I don't even think God says stuff like third world country, first country. I don't think God is pro-American army. I don't think God is going around no hat on that says Marines. 
I don't even think God agreed with a lot of the way we do things in this country. And I know he's not in alignment with the way we look at each other as far as black and white. That got to go. So I'm rejected. Oh, you called a preacher. <laughs> Take a break. Let's do that. I always got this point, this time of the show. I always have to uh, take a break. So let's take a little short break, but since I'm coming back, I got some powerful things to share. Then we wrap the show. We're near the end, though. I can tell you that. I got more friends to talk about people that have imparted into me mighty, mighty things, just like those names I just mentioned. Be right back, brothers and sisters. Just a quick little break. Again, you tune into the Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. And uh, just can't thank y'all enough for your time. Um, some of y'all been following us since 2011. I really appreciate it, brothers and sisters. I really do. Thank you so much. So, we'll be right back. Take a little short break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Are you a podcaster, YouTuber, lecturer, public speaker, or pastor? Did you know that having your audio transcribed has a panoply of benefits? Transcriptions help you create merchandise, improve your search engine optimization, grow your listenership, viewership, readership, and protect your content from potential shadow banning. If you would like more information, please contact Yoel the scribe at yoelbenyisrael.com. That's Y-O-E-L-B-E-N-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Shalom. I know you're asking today, how long will it take? Somebody's asking, how long will prejudice blind the visions of men? I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, yes, sir. however frustrating the hour, it will not be long no, because truth crushed earth will rise again. Yes, sir. How long, not long, yes, sir. because no lie can live forever. Yes, sir. How long? Not long. How long? Because you shall reap what you sow. Yes, How long? How not long. Too forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yes, sir. Yes, that scaffold sways the future 
Yep. Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. How long? Not long. Because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. How long? Not long. Because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the village where the grapes of wrath are stored. He's loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible twist. Forth, yes, his truth is marching on. Yes, he has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. Yes, he is tipping out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Yes, oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. Yes, Glory, hallelujah. Yes, Glory, hallelujah. God 
They're not in sin. Because they don't know. Some of us know what they're doing. We're wiser than them. And we see they're treating me bad. They think they're superior. But we'll say something like, you know what, I'm just going to let them suffer. I'm going to let I. You know what, God arrested me. The Most High arrested me for doing that. I'm the bigger person in that situation. Now, I don't need to go to them with no attitude. With, you know, I'll come, you know, I need to go in a peaceful manner. But I have to hold them accountable. That is my brother. That's my sister. A lot of white people, this was a hard one for me to swallow. for me to swallow what I'm about to share with y'all. There are races that are not in sin. They're in wickedness. Sin is when a man knows and he don't do Bible said to him it's a sin. But if he don't know and he been taught all his life that some people over there is your property. And when he get old enough or she get old enough and she's watching them people and they act like animals to them and they can't find a reason for why they're acting like that. Especially if there's the vast majority of our people, you know, bad credit, houses led by women, a lot of us. And they don't, they pay their bills, always have. They, in their mind, cannot equate you equal to them. They cannot assess you equal to them. It's white people trying to understand us, and they just can't. If they were told those people, God said, would behave like that if their foreparents disobeyed, he would call them to be brought from their land in slave ships. He was told them they're going to be wearing the name of somebody else. He was told them that their house is going to be led by women. He was told them that the enemy of their household would be, their enemy would be the per. how does the scripture say? Your enemy would be those of your own household. In other words, another one of their enemies is going to be of those of your own household. They was told that they would be enslaved by people from the north. A lot of our white brothers and sisters was told that. They would humble themselves and understand that's God's people. They're just operating under a curse. 
that's a whole new different mindset than looking at them saying they can't do well. Are you kidding? Now, then they see some of us go off and make them rich. They know we're good workers. They know we're talented. They see us over here with kids that are geniuses or some of us adults that are geniuses. They see geniuses with us, and that's what, that's what, that's what causes the conflict in their mind. They look at us and it's like confusing, like over here you look like a genius, over here you look like an animal. So guess what's born? White supremacy. Paternalism. I'm not going to hate them. You got, then you got two schools of thought. And all this is good, brothers and sisters. Again, welcome to my Facebook Live. This is Brother Seth, and I'm, this is what I do. This is my calling. You want to know what I'm called to do, what I've been doing with my life? This is what I've been doing with my life. Not on apologize. And you should probably be doing it with your life. Some of y'all are in deep trouble with the Most High because you never deal with this. I'm not saying he won't forgive you. He, you're already forgiven. But I'm saying you got to reap what you sow. If you're abusing these people, and some of y'all know y'all sort of been saying certain stuff, you think not saying them some kind of way, and maybe you didn't even know. Let's give you a break, too. Maybe you didn't know. Okay, it ain't sin, but it's wickedness. Wickedness kills, steal, and destroys. Some people, just because you don't know, don't mean you won't die or you're not suffering. By not dealing with racism, America is suffering from wickedness. To let these ramp these races go rampant and just not checking them, that's wickedness. That's wickedness, brothers and sisters. These people I don't even know. Now some of them do know. Some of them know everything I know. Now they're in sin. And they are in they the one that's getting judged. And their kids are suffering, a lot of them getting sick, a lot of them getting all types of diseases. Those are the white people that's really getting it. Those that are in sin. But there are some white people that are not in sin. They just don't know. And it's called wickedness. Wickedness is just evil. It's just somebody's being hurt when it's wickedness. Best way to describe wickedness is somebody being hurt, that's wickedness. And if you're doing something that's causing others to be hurt, that's wickedness, some kind of way. I don't mean hurt. I mean really hurt. Not hurt. Hurt their feelings and they doing something. It needs to be checked. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you really taking from people's life. That's wickedness. Whites are killing us, harming us with this racism. A lot of them. But I've got some news for you, brothers and sisters. If I'm called to this, I'm called to this. So this is what the Father gave me to give to black people. This is what my book is about. The people pushing racism the most in America is not white people. Impossible. White people are ten percent of the world. Some statistics say eight. If they control this, somebody got to believe what they're saying. See, here's the thing I've learned about a lot of our white brothers and sisters, and they are our brothers and sisters. Thank you for. Continue to listen. I'm trying not to look down at names because uh, I don't look at my Facebook because I don't want to. So I'll call any people so I'm feeling a certain way. So I try to not look at comments and names. But let me just say this now again. I thank you for tuning in. 
I'm not trying to give white people a pass. Hopefully y'all know me better than that by some of the things I've said. But God showed me white people know better. They don't think they're superior. You think they're superior. Seth, you think they're superior in ways. You think their standards of beauty is better. Long time ago when he first arrested me, spiritually speaking. You think they're better. You think their beauty standards are better. You think their education standards are better. You think their schools are better. You think their neighborhoods are better. That's how most non-white people think. Especially foreigners. They think. White people live in those neighborhoods. They live in those homes. They live in their skin. They know they're not the standard. They know they don't have it together. There's a reason white women are the number one users of antidepressants. They know this stuff, Steve. Those of us that have gotten close to a lot of our white brothers and sisters, we know better because we've seen their pain, their humanity. If you've gotten real close, some of us have gotten real close, marrying. And I don't mean, I'm not talking about all the surfaces stuff. I'm talking about really crying, arguing, getting just raw emotions. We've seen close. Every, I'm telling you, this is, this is not going to be no one or two arguments you have. This is going to be like a lifetime. And we know the truth. And so we're not, we don't, we're not as strong. That cord of, that umbilical cord of trust in white people is not as strong as it is in others because we know they're not all that. Or they are like we are. Not that we're not all that, but in other words, we know they're like us. They know they're like us. We know we we know they're like us. If you don't have that kind of relationship with white people, and you're just looking at TV and you're reading, and if you don't break that barrier and get, I'm talking about to where you can talk to them like. You talk to your own sisters and brothers. If you can't argue with them like that, tell them off. And they tell you off. Not in a vicious way. You shouldn't be talking to nobody like that. But, I mean, if you don't have that kind of relationship, you think they're superior. Because that's what this whole American thing is set up saying. America's superior. Whites are superior. Whites are smarter. That's why my job is so hard. That's why my family can't hear me. I'm not talking, I'm talking about my real family. I'm talking about from my household to my extended cousins. and That's why a lot of people that know me can't receive me. It's called an umbilical cord. That's it. They feel like when white people, a lot of our people, forget my family for a second, a lot of black people feel like this. When white people say something, especially the old white people, especially the rich, old, and possibly balding of the head, I'm just being joking, joking there, but especially chemists, scientists, older people look like they've really been studying stuff for a long time, you know, kind of people. 
that's y'all. I know there's no certain look with that, but I'm just saying, y'all know what I'm talking about. When they're older, white, people think they're like God, almost. Whatever they say goes. I can't tell you how many times, and I'm wrapping up, I've showed people in the Bible, and they like, surely you missed something. Surely, because if what you're saying is true, that white guy would have said it's true. TBN would have said it. Daystar would have said it. Pat Robinson would have said it. President would have said it. There's a place in Jerusalem they would have said it. Now, you can tell them and explain to them, no, the people in Israel came from the north. It's called the Crusades. Millions of whites came down like rain into this black area. Now it's all white. And they can look it up in history and see it and go, yeah, well, surely you missed something. You was raising a project, wasn't you? When you meet your mama name, they do the same thing to Jesus. The man was healing for way from dead. He went to his hometown, and they still hollering about you, Mary's baby. Didn't you hear that the man just raised the dead? Yeah, but you mean, and that stuff is serious. You know, you, I know your mama, I know your cousin, or I know, you know, your, your, you, 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 you know, people saying you black. Black people saying you black, ain't you? Ain't you? Knowledge don't care who had to jump in. So guess what, whites? Those of you listening, and I got a lot of people listening. I've had over hundreds, hundred views on every one of my shows, and about three of these Facebook Live, I had over a thousand. I got some homework for you. Y'all need to help African Americans see the truth, because they're not they're not gonna believe other African Americans. So you just heard the lady said. We have 90 seconds. So Blog Talk Radio, that's for you, not Facebook Live people. Blog Talk Radio, those of you listening on Blog Talk Radio, you have got to call the phone number there to keep listening because it's going to end in like 60 seconds. So you got to call the phone number. It's right below, uh, right there on the promo, the 914. You now have 60 seconds, 914 205 5590. One more time. Call the phone number if you want to keep listening on Blog Talk Radio. Facebook Live, stay where you're at. Y'all will see everything. But Blog Talk Radio, please call 914-205-5590. But again, so to our white brothers, you know, and on Sundays I'm sort of be highlighting all these friends, 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 and I've seen, I just always get stuck here. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's like, God, I mean, you maybe you just want me to share this. But this is what I'm about. This is what I do. It's what I've been doing since 1988. Talk about white supremacy. Trying to get people to bow out of being being African American and just become born again in Christ. I talk about the flesh, though, where it relates to the Israelite thing. Only get black people to understand, so-called black people to understand. See, I just said it, but I got... What am I going to say, African-Americans? I talk about us being Israelites to help us understand why this happened to us in the first place. Why we wind up in America in the first place. Who are these people that rule over us in the first place? 
So I have to talk about whites, who they are. I have to tell white people there was no Europe. Of course, they ain't going to believe me. Like, what do you mean there was no Europe? Yeah, there was no Europe. Europe is booming. London, you got all those countries over there, the EU, they big, bad now. But if you just study just a little bit of history, you'll recognize that's all new. Newest empire, America and, and them. America's the newest, newest empire for real, but yeah. That was thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And then, boop, America pops up and Europe pops up. There's like Adam here. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And here comes the developing something going on in Europe. Next thing you know, in America. And then so this is how I go around thinking. Our earth is full of people of color. And they ain't all like that. They wouldn't even be down. They wouldn't even need to like that, some of them. They didn't think like black people. They just was dark-skinned people, but they didn't think like us. They wouldn't even like us. They may aspire more to what whites think or Chinese think or something. They ran this earth. is recessive. It's very new. There was nobody in the Bible white. Whites popping out here and there, yes, but there was no white nation in the Bible. Well, you just sitting there saying all that. How do you know? Well, I've been teaching about this since 1988. Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio Bible Leprosy. And listen. Just listen. I can't get into it now. As I say so often, I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Brothers and sisters, I try to tell our white brothers and sisters, everybody that look like me is not loving y'all. A lot of our people is getting to where they hate white people. If we don't be careful, we are going to get Forget it. We're not going to be in a race war. We already are in a race war. A lot of missing people is racial. Even if it's black killing blacks, it's racial to my white supremacy. How can that be, Brother Sidney? Wait, 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 wait. Where did black people learn how to not value black people to where they treat them like that? We're in the continent of Africa, three times the size of America, three Americas. Do you see that much? I know there's somewhere in Africa there's blacks being mistreated. I, I already know. But I have African friends. The kind of self-hate we have, all this bickering, fussing with a black woman, the black man, and just our people have ingested a system that don't value them. And we don't value each other like God does. Or even like some of our other ethnic groups on the earth. It's not normal to be fighting with your mate like black and black men and black women fight. 
They ain't normal. The white people are not the standard, by the way. It's white supremacy, brothers and sisters. How's it white supremacy? What else we gonna know? I'm wrapping up. Please answer this question. And I guess tonight I just want to talk a lot about my calling tonight. But ask to answer me this question, brothers and sisters. Where did we learn how to be so-called black? It's a subculture birthed out of whiteness, white supremacy in America. White, white people help form, and they allow us to be this black that we call. Everything that we do in the name of black, it don't matter if we're doing this, whatever, they have to sanction. They have to allow certain ones. They don't really like it, but they have to allow. They can always cut the TV. They can always get rid of the rapper. They can always shut this down, shut that down. They allow some of the stuff we do to go on because it's not threatening them. And a lot of it is just sickness. We are, like I've said on WCBG many times, we're white people, brothers and sisters. I'm wrapping up. African Americans in America, especially those that never traveled, those that don't research, and I don't mean research or once in a while, I mean really study the mindset and the cultures and the value systems of other people in the world. If you don't do that and really do that, you're really white people. There's nothing wrong with being white people. If they're godly people, then we all should be. But it just so happen they're just people. And oftentimes they're not godly. Especially when white supremacy is the foundation of America. So we all don't value like we should, or we don't see black people equal to white people. We just don't. God knew this would happen, and he sent Christ and commanded us to be born again. Born again means exactly what it says. Be born again, and now as the Spirit, now we can be brothers and sisters where there is no black or white, Jew nor Greek, male nor female. That's the answer. And I can hear some of you saying as I wrap up, Brother Seth, if you really believe that, why are you always talking about how we the Israelites? Somebody saying, no, you please don't go to that brother. I heard you. But somebody didn't hear me. When I said why, you still need to know that. There are people, they don't even want to hear about being born again. You're not going to even get a chance to even tell them preachers about no born again, nothing. Because as soon as you say Jesus, they're going to run. If they not, may not run with their feet, but they run in their mind. You got to let them know who they are. No, this is not a white man's gospel, young man. You are an Israelite. Your people gave religion to the world. All of the world is trying to mimic your relationship, your forefathers' relationship with their God. Everybody is trying to be like the Israelites. Even Islam was birthed out of Abraham. You need to know who you are, young black male. Like my wife told me a long time ago, 
Seth, this is pretty important. She said, if people find out that the identity that they've been taught is not their true identity, they might go try to be what their true identity. Long time ago, first of all, I talked about this, she said this. She said, and then she went on to say, my wife that is, if I found out I was a Rockefeller, I may decide I want to move to New York. Because that's where the Rockefellers live. They're a very rich group, rich family. So I may decide I want to move to New York and start learning about my family. I said, you're right. I believe when African Americans find out their true identity, I mean, all jokes aside, well, why come, why come, uh, why come Daystar ain't saying it? Why come TBN ain't saying what you're saying? Some of y'all have a short memory. You forget these same white people you're saying why they didn't say it. They were saying a whole bunch of crazy stuff and they done changed. And you still letting their credit score be at 900 or something. You still giving them good credit, in other words. They have horrible credit. Quit listening to these people. I don't listen to white males or really white people talk about African Americans' history or anything that has to do with them as a people. Because there's a stronghold among a lot of our white brothers and sisters to talk about anything good dark-skinned people do. So I don't listen to no white people really talk about that. They can teach me about anything. I said they can teach me about anything. I know I did a Facebook Live where I said, stop listening to white people. But what I meant was stop listening to white people in areas where they don't have credit, where you know they've lied. And they have lied about Jesus, who he was, his ethnicity, how he looked, Israelites, they went throughout the whole world, they don't they, they hide stuff. They've hidden a whole culture, world culture. They literally sucked blackness out of the whole earth and got you thinking everything started with them. That is evil. That's evil and wickedness. You can't trust those people. White, so-called white people, you shouldn't trust those people either. Some of you, it will really benefit you to start listening to people, other ethnic groups, outside of people that look like you. You know why? You're precious. You're priceless. You belong to God. You deserve better than these same old, cold, stale lives White men are telling in America. White people are telling America. I'm talking to white people that are godly. You need to start saying no to white people. Some of y'all need to go and join some of these black churches and start trying to make up for some of the lies your foreparents have told, some of the privilege you've gotten over the years. Make it right. Repent. Like my wife used to also say, don't just repent to me, Seth. You do something wrong, don't just tell me you're sorry, but do something to make up for the ground that was taken, for the pain you caused. That's what you should do. Don't just say you're sorry. Help black people. Tell them the things I'm telling them. 
So you know, white people ain't happy. They just got a bunch of stuff. A lot of y'all black people are more happy than we are. Say that. Tell them. In a lot of ways, y'all are wealthy and we're poor. Tell them that. They'll look at you like a deer in headlights because they, in their world, that's not that's not what we taught. We taught white people got it all. So you got us acting weird, talking weird, trying to be around y'all, trying to simulate with y'all. It's idolatry. That's all it is. You want to know what I'm about? That's what I'm about. You want to tune my Facebook Live? That's what I'm talking about. You want to go to Blog Talk Radio? You want to Google five minutes on Blog Talk Radio? That's what 600 shows pretty much is about. I eat, sleep, drink this because it's my calling to unite all of us in Christ. Love every single one of you. And there is nothing you can do about it. I want to go out with a powerful song. I think it'll put something on your mind. I think it will. If you let it, it will. See you on... um, May do a show tomorrow when I'm thinking about it. But if not, then I'll probably do a show on Wednesday. So just stay tuned, brothers and sisters. I'll see y'all later. Good night. Just full of iconic figures The people
people praise them, they stock us up in a high percentage. The giants in our eyes, the sky's the limit. The picture painted is larger than life, but God is bigger. Your God is greater. I weigh them on the scale like cracks and gators. Found that only God can save us. And God is gracious. That's who we flock to. In the day of trouble, it will be blow it like hot food. It's all official. Nobody's greater for Sean Mitchell. You got it right with that song. It echoes the heart of scripture. Yeah, they wonder why we so serious. It's because Jesus Christ is also man, period. Okay, Christ, the King of Kings, and He's God on earth. My Messiah, born and raised to give us all a second birth. And from heaven, He came.